Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the show. I don't know, I just feel a little bit better because it's February. I don't know what it is. <laughs> We're still in lockdown. Things are still a bit shit. But something about February, I'm like, you know what? It's a short month. I can get through this. And I honestly have Real Housewives to get me through the week and this podcast. So it's helping hugely. Uh, Thank you to everybody who's gotten in touch about recent episodes. The Card the K episode from last week went down a storm and it's just doing so well. So I'm so glad. And if you're new here, welcome along. I'm very excited to... uh, let you listen to this week's episode. It's with my pal Dan, who co-hosts the amazing podcast, Come Through Queen, which has been my go-to Real Housewives podcast in terms of, like, I love the analysis, but also they always cover all the great Housewives news on that show. So if you want to get the Housewives news week on week, you should definitely check out the podcast. I'll put links to listen to the show in the uh, show notes of this episode, and Dan talks about where you can find it later on in this episode as well. We got into pretty much everything that's going on in Housewives right now. We recorded this a few weeks ago when the OC reunion was only on part one and Summer House hadn't debuted yet, which is interesting because Dan talks about it and it now is back for a new season. So if you did want to jump into Summer House, which I'm thinking of doing, to be honest, uh, you can do so now if you're on Hey You, like me. I mean, who isn't on Hey You if they love Real Housewives? Um, So without any further ado, let's get into it. This is my pal Dan from Come Through Queen on Housewives and Me. My guest today is one half of one of my favourite podcasts where they discuss everything from Real Housewives to Drag Race to, frankly, a lot of daytime American TV. I've learned more about The View thanks to their podcast than I ever thought I would uh, ever learn. And I've been a guest on their show as well. From Come Through Queen, Dan Calabrese, welcome to Housewives and Me. Hi, Connor. It is such a pleasure to go ham with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, your co-host Brandon Davis has decided because of the title of my show, it's acronym should be ham so yeah. he's kept saying when are we going to be on ham what what how's ham going i'm like oh my god i, hate I know this. <laughs> i'm not sure if your listeners have like created a fan name yet but like we definitely should be the little ham hawks <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe ham slices <laughs> yeah ham slices i'm happy with that anything ham related we uh, ham slices like when bethany frankel did those deadly meats oh, many god. months ago because I remember actually there was an episode of because so you are half of Come Through Queen, which is uh, truly is one of my favorite podcasts. And there was oh an episode, <laughs> was an episode once where you were talking about Bethany having done lunch meets, and there was an extended conversation about lunch meets, which to me sums up Come Through Queen as a podcast. The tangents that seem to come up all truly. the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean we love a good tangent. Um, and I mean, we've loved having you in the past, especially like it's so special because you are like literally coming cross country and to do our little show as part of your trip. So that's always a, a blast. Yeah, the last time I did your podcast was like September or late mid September 2019. And then yeah. actually a few days later, you and I went to watch What Happens Live as well, which was a whole experience in and of itself. I mean, the cursed combo of Megan McCain and Kelly Dodd. Yes, and I think actually, didn't you guys say that when Megan McCain, who's, for people who don't know, is a conservative kind of commentator, daughter of John McCain, is part of The View, which is a big American talk show. She yep. was, she's been on Watch What Happens Live. But she said recently that that night that we were there with her and Kelly Dodd was when she kind of said, I'm over Kelly Dodd. Because I do remember Kelly, unsurprisingly, being kind of an arsehole. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I mean, she was calling like Megan a trust fund baby, essentially. So I, she was not making a friend that night. Yeah, I just remember as well. Kelly kept saying stuff, and Andy would look really like genuinely annoyed. And then they go to like a commercial, and he kind of lean over and be like, "You gotta stop with that." Because <laughs> you and I were in the front row. We were like, we were probably just about a socially distance two meters from the pair of them. Yeah. So it was surreal. We were in the famous Oprah chairs. I know, isn't that a gag? When, when I realized we were in the Oprah chairs, I was like, I can't believe this. Anyway, we will. We might discuss that more a bit, actually. But sure. I always start with this with guests, and I'm so curious at you because you are truly a housewife scholar. So mm. there's so much ground you've covered as a viewer yourself. How did you get into Real Housewives? Well, I mean, I know it's different for a lot of your guests. Uh, like, we get Housewives on Bravo here in the States. So I was already a big Bravo watcher, like, I was watching Queer Eye, I was watching Top Chef, I was watching Project Runway. So like, obviously we would get commercials for Housewives. And I tried Orange County, but I didn't really love it. So I like dipped out of that. But then the next franchise to premiere was New York City. And I'm from New York. So I was sucked into that immediately. So you're in the words of Odyssey slash Wendy Williams and the Mass Singer, a native New Yorker. Truly, a little vampin'. <laughs> 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 that's, that's all I could think when you said that and I suppose when did because you're talking about watching Bravo kind of in not its heyday because it still does really well but when it was really kicking off as this big pop culture force when did the podcast start and like I, I want to say 2016 so when did how did you come up with the idea of doing the podcast with your friend and what made you want to do one wow yeah actually we are nearing our fifth year anniversary in March which is Truly psychotic. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe we've been consistently doing this for that long. We actually probably had been talking about it for at least two years leading up to when we finally launched it. Wow. And neither of us have, like, any background in, like, audio stuff and, like, how to record and blah, blah, blah. So it took a little while to, like, figure all that stuff out. And we also wanted to kick it off with a new season of Roni, because I think it's both Brendan and my favorite uh, city. So we were waiting for that to like line up at the right time. And then like we just hit the ground running. And I suppose, so you co-host the show with your friend, Brendan Davis, who's obviously your friend yeah. before you did the podcast. And yep. I'm guessing you talked about Housewives, the way you talk about it on the podcast together anyway, before you did the show. Like, how did you find, like, was that kind of a way that you made friends with people like Brendan? Like, was the fact that you were such a fan a way for you to connect to other people? And you were like, oh my, because I find the way I talk to people about Housewives is the way other people talk about their favorite sports teams or politics, you know? Yeah. There's that kind of nerdiness about us. Um, well, we met through a mutual friend, I think like in 2011, maybe, or 2012. I, I, I could be told, it could be 2010 for all I know. But anyway, we met through a mutual friend and we have like all the same pop culture touchstones like the view drag race housewives um like you name it so like we had a lot in common with that so yeah we were definitely like talking about housewives all the time way before starting the podcast so it just like made sense for us to focus on that on our podcast but obviously we dip into all that other stuff as well like as it pops up and becomes important it's interesting too that you mentioned like the view and stuff because that's an american talk show i would sort of know of from the odd clip online or sure. you know the kind of big moments and i find it's so interesting listening to you talk about it when i don't watch it because i'm kind of like the view is just like the real housewives of daytime like it's the same yeah. thing it's five to six women the cast changes a lot they have an ongoing dynamic yeah actually like i never really thought of it that that way but you're right i mean like even and andy has said like he 
he's been trying to talk Megan into joining, but she would never. And I am happy about that. <laughs> I know. What city would Megan McCain even join? Well, I know she's currently living in DC uh, since they've been like filming remotely. So like it could be a DC reboot, but otherwise it would be New York. Uh, one of the things that I love about Come Through Queen as well. Well, there's a lot of things. One is that you're you're both able to kind of analyze the shows in like a deeper way and also laugh at the kind of silliness of them but you also on the show you both manage to find like things that you either one of you becomes obsessed with or you both become obsessed with i'm thinking of barbara k for example before yeah. she even we even saw her on real houses in new york you two were doing barbara k updates like what is it about these random things that appeals to you guys and do you ever like see something and think that's going to be on the podcast i mean we we latch on to like underdog characters i think and i think it's kind of developed into a curse because they frequently get kicked off the show um <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like i think we both like tanya a lot on atlanta and i don't think like that is the general opinion that she's like that great of a cast member um the same goes for barbara k i mean I don't know. We just get like obsessed with the dumbest things <laughs> and then it just like becomes part of the come through queen uh, lexicon, I guess. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's almost like you're building a shared universe of references because sometimes I'll put on come through queen. And I'm like, they are going so ham. Oh, no pun intended. Or like <laughs> this random person that no one else is checking for. Like it always just makes me laugh so yeah. much. Yeah, we, we try not to like stand too hard too early because then like then they are in, in uh, jeopardy of getting kicked off. <laughs> It's like um, it's like the curse when someone wins an Oscar and then mm. their career goes down the toilet. It's like if Come Through Queen yeah. latches on too early, they may not stay or, or the best new artist Grammy is like another yeah. curse. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Megan Trainer. <laughs> Megan Trainer could do Housewives. Actually, there's someone who would probably consider doing. It, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. One day, but she would need to be like uh, a totally random city. Like she can't join one of the the big the big ones. In a funny way, I could see Megan Trainer on Salt Lake City. Mm. Well, I know she's from like Nantucket, I think, or Martha's Vineyard, which is like an island in the like in New England. So it's a totally random place that would be perfect for a housewife city. Oh my god! If Andy Cohen, if you're not, you're definitely not listening. But if you're listening, <laughs> that's a free idea we've just given you today. Yes. I want to ask you some of the usual fun questions I ask every guest, but I do want to kind of just touch down on where the shows are at the moment in general. As we're talking, we've had half of an OC reunion and I literally do mean half because they're only mm-hmm. going to give us two parts, which is yeah. probably more than enough. I've really enjoyed how you guys have talked about OC on the show because I think at one point you weren't going to talk about it and now you talk about it and you've gone on and followed the season, but in a very critical way i mean do you think oc is going to have a hard reboot when it comes back next year do you think it's salvageable yeah i mean it's difficult because as it is the cast is not that big of a cast it's only six women one of them being brand new so many of the women i think are like really just reprehensible beyond belief at this point so like (laughs) to bring them all back is tough i mean i think brendan and i have been pretty much saying like the only one that seems like a pretty good person is gina Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be weird, but it would be weird to, to build a show around her. We've never seen a city have a complete reboot of cast from one season to the next. It would be interesting to see if that were to happen, whether it's like all brand new women or bringing back like a Heather Dubrow or a Tamara and building around them. I, I just really don't know. Yeah, it's tricky because I think fans keep citing the New York example of, of Housewives in New York season five, where they 
got rid of about half the cast yeah. and brought in four new people. And even I thought that too. I'm kind of like, would you keep Gina because she's decent, and then keep Emily because she's actually friends with Gina? I'm le- I mean, we have. I'm saying this because we haven't seen part two of the reunion, so I don't know how bad this Bronwyn Shannon's kid stuff gets. Part of me is like. Bronwyn's not a very nice person, but I would watch that mess unfold. Yeah. Whereas Kelly Dodge just not a nice person, full stop, and doesn't have a storyline, full stop. So question mark, why is she here? Yeah. You know, like it's a little more like, what's the point of Kelly on the show now? I know. I mean, I and like I think it's fine for a franchise to just like go off into the sunset. I mean, now that we have like Salt Lake City, I like meeting brand new women in a brand new city. So like we don't need to hold on to a terrible show, you know? Yeah, I've thought about this a bit actually because Real Housewives as a format is very interesting in that they have very rarely cancelled shows. So they cancelled Miami after three seasons and they cancelled DC after one. But I think that's more because of all the political mess that DC and the trouble DC got the network into, I'm sure. And it seems like they're very reluctant to let go of some of the key original shows because I think they think it will signal like some kind of death knell of the franchise. Whereas as you say, I think... If OC is flatlining, like, you know, cut it loose because we have other stuff that we can do anyway. Yeah, pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're emailing Bravo after just like, dearest Bravo, pull yeah. the plug, regards. We also, it's a funny, like, time because we're wrapping up Salt Lake City. Dallas is sort of kicking into gear. Atlanta, they're promising us three episodes at least of Charleston. And they've cut so much to get us to the Charleston trip and the stripper rumors, etc., How are you feeling about Dallas and Atlanta at the moment? Uh, I mean, Dallas, I think I, along with most people, were not particularly looking forward to the season because last season with uh, the Leanne Locken going down in flames was difficult. And like Leanne Locken, she's terrible, but she was the center of that show. So it was kind of like, where do we go from here? Um, I don't know how you're feeling about Dr. Tiffany Moon, but I am standing so hard. I love her so much. Um, So yeah, I'm enjoying Dallas for the most part. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to be like top, top tier, but it's like better than I expected. Yeah, I think you're right about Tiffany. I am enjoying her a lot, actually. I think she's funny and interesting. She is, she's a great character. The fact that she is bringing diversity to Dallas as a show is great. I am a little bit cringe at her having to like, walk brandy through being a racist in a video and because it feels it's that awful trope of you're a person of color and you need to account for the racism of white people but when you step away from that kind of awkwardness of what the show has put on her you realize you cast tiffany anyway she has a connection to an existing cast member she's a lot of money she's not afraid to show off her money and she's interesting and funny and like she's giving great you know talking head interviews so It's kind of a sign that like you can diversify housewives and it's actually only for the benefit of the show. I think sometimes people are very cynical and they're like, why are they doing that? And I'm like, because it makes the show better in every sense. Like Tiffany is, Tiffany would would stand out in any city and sometimes new people on like kind of second string shows on housewives, they're like good in where they are, but they maybe wouldn't hang in another city. Whereas I'm like, I'd put Tiffany on New York. I feel like she'd fit in anywhere. Yeah, I mean like Tiffany came on to Dallas and is like, the center of the show at this point. Like she's hosting events. She's like the center of conversation. Like I, I'm like happy for her. I feel like a proud mother. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I like, I love it. But um, for Atlanta, it's difficult. Cause I mean, mm. you know, I uh, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say I had a meltdown, but like 
the Cynthia wedding that took place on 10, 10, 2020, like really <laughs> made my head spin. Um, so I've been not looking forward to like the buildup of that and the conversation around that. And like the casting is really weird. We only have five wives, one of which seemingly doesn't film with the other women for half yeah. this. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, I'm not loving Cynthia. I'm not loving the Drew stuff. Thank God we have Portia is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Now it's funny because you mentioned Cynthia's wedding, which as you, as we know, did happen on their planned date. It was a very large gathering that had to happen indoors because of weather. Yeah. Apparently Bravo didn't film anything themselves despite plans to because of safety concerns. <laughs> you very, very famously on your podcast took great issue with this at the time. I am with you on why. Yeah. Obviously. And it is, it reminds me of something that has come up as you both, because you both recap that week's episodes have aired. And obviously on the episodes we're airing now, we're seeing some people wear face shields, some people wear masks, some people have gotten tested. There's no clear delineation. And I'm just curious, like, are you finding it hard to watch the kind of lack of COVID regulations on the shows? Like, is it frustrating? Some people have the perspective of like, okay, you don't want misinformation, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't think you are going to change anybody's mind who does not believe it's real or doesn't want to take it seriously or blah, blah, blah. But for me as a person that is trying to take it seriously, it's just like frustrating because there's no consistency. Like if, if we just knew like, okay, we're getting tested like four times a week and like this and that, and then it's like, fine. Okay. Like, you're filming together without shields or masks or anything like, is it the best thing? No, but at least some precautions are being taken. But like, I think just consuming all of this, it makes you feel like, Oh wow. Like they're getting together. That sucks that I'm not, or like, maybe I can now, maybe it's not that big of a deal. I feel like it just like wears on you mentally a little bit. Yeah. And it's funny because actually this came up when I spoke to Evan Ross Katz on the show recently as well. Like, in a way, we watch these shows for escapism and we all loved having new seasons during the first lockdown because they were filmed in a different time and yeah. they, were, they were purely escapist. And now it's like, oh my God, you have... Even actually thinking about Drag Race, yes, they have screens up and we see on Untucked, for example, there's yeah. a brief mention of COVID and we see the mask. But actually, that show is carrying on kind of as normal because they have created a literal compound slash bubble. And I am just at this point, I'm like, do the summer house thing, put them all in a house somewhere. Like <laughs> the real house house of New York. Fine. If that's what we need. Like they could have, they could have filmed these seasons in a way that was like more, more safe, but then also it would have been fun just like to have a different format, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, and even now the idea that the filming of this most recent season in New York had to take two weeks off because somebody on the cast got COVID. I mean, I'm praying that they tell us on the show who it was because I mm. have my theories. Like, it's just going to, like the way it's rolling on and on in all our real lives, it's rolling on and on <laughs> in our escapist reality TV shows. Yeah, yeah. So just as you say, it is a bit, a bit of a head fuck. Um, you mentioned earlier that New York is kind of you and Brendan's favorite. I think it's probably one of my favorite cities as well. I, I really like on your show you obviously recap what's going on but you keep us up to date on a lot of the housewives news and oh. you've been dipping in and out of what's being filmed for new york who's joined the cast etc so what are some of your predictions or hopes for this next season of new york well what was interesting with new york is Bershawn shaw was announced first as being like the first black uh cast member to join the show but then it was later revealed that mm -hmm. she might be 
or probably will be a friend of. And then Ebony K. Williams is going to be the first Black housewife on uh, New York. So like, I'm excited for that. It seems like they both filmed for a majority of the season. So like, I'm hoping Bershawn gets her chance at holding an apple as well. I mean, people have been calling for this for so long because like, this is New York City and for the cast to be all white women with the exception of like Jules uh, for over 10 seasons is like wild. Um, so yeah. like, I just see that diversity on the show. I know we are going to have Heather Halamama Thompson back for a little while. Yes. Halamama. I mean, like the thing with New York is that it's easier to follow in the off season than some of the other cities because page six covers it so much, which is like the mm-hmm. big like gossip uh, newspaper here. That's true. I hadn't thought of that because actually when I read stuff about like New York in, as you say, the off season, like when it's not actually on air, it's almost always either something they put on social media or it is a page six source. Like at this, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been on the show itself, isn't it? There's clearly one or more sources for page six, either on the cast of the show or in production high up because they're always spilling tea about what's happening with New York City. I mean, I I think page six has all of their numbers. Like there's not one of them does not speak to page six. <laughs> There's probably just a giant group chat with all of them. It says page six and they just send stuff into a reporter yeah. via a group chat. Um, how do you think Leah will fare in her second season? Because she had this kind of almost perfect first season that is both great for us as a viewer, but you know is not sustainable yeah. really long term. So what do you think is going to happen with Leah? Okay, I think she might have a Bronwyn-esque second season. In that, like, her head is getting a little big, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I've heard rumors that she's, like, kind of a diva on set now, which is very very similar to uh, Bronwyn. I mean, she's also, I believe that uh, Leah is also now sober as well, but it, uh, it seems, like, different than Bronwyn in terms that it won't be, like, such a focus because, like, Leah had been sober for so long and it seems like yeah. she only took out of her sobriety. Uh, for a short period of time before starting to film her first season of New York. Um, mm. Like I, I enjoy Leah, but I'm not like a Leah stan. Yeah. I liked her first season. She definitely on the show was great. I think, I mean, there was something that you guys are really good at covering. Like she has done some stuff in the past and said stuff that I'm not a huge fan of. So like I can kind of separate certain things and enjoy them on the show, but it does. I mean, what's funny, we were talking earlier about sort of, Stanning Tanya and Barbara Kay and that's easier because you say they're underdogs and they don't really say stupid stuff but I think when someone goes on the show and like kills it everyone's like I love blah and I'm like oh I remember what they wrote this thing or what they said about this person so I like them here but I'm not like I'm not waving the flag the rest of the time yeah I feel like it's a good policy to have to never stand any of them too hard because they will all eventually let you down That's true. It's kind of like life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't stand anyone because they will let you down. I mean, you um, know, I mean, you were the number one Erica Jane stand <laughs> for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and look at us now. Uh, <laughs> I know every week, like you've probably heard the last two episodes, yeah. I've been like, I'm not a stan right now, <laughs> but... <laughs> I know I've actually contemplated on following her on Instagram because I'm like, am I, am I like complicit in this? But I'm also like, I need to stay on the Instagram because she's dropping hints. Yeah. Like she's, she's giving us some insight into how she's either handling or not handling this. And I obviously can't look away. Sure. 
You need to, at the yeah. very least, withhold the likes. Actually, that is kind of what I've been doing. I, I probably have liked one or two things out of habit. Okay. But what I'm finding out is if she comes up on the... You know when someone, a picture comes up and it's your first one, you kind of hit like without thinking. Now I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe <laughs> you don't like it, but you can send it to a friend and bitch about it. It's very hard for us in the Erica Jane star. I know. We're going through a lot. All I mean, three I would us. be upset if I were you because like she never really gave us the EP or album she had been talking about for so long. I know. Oh my God. Like... The last song she released was this random song with Brooke Candy. I'm like, you could have put out a little four song moment for the girls. Like even just four random dance songs of yeah. her cooing over them. Perfect. I just need that for the gym, Erica. That's all I need. I mean, anyway. that was before all the uh, fraud and embezzlement. Like she let us down way before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, every, it's so funny every time I have someone on now Ericus comes up in a way where I'm like I won't talk about the lawsuit this week and then I do I mean Dan you are, you are a lawyer yes, that's, so that's you correct. work in this yeah that's correct legally that's correct <laughs> you actually did break down you broke down the Erica case on the podcast because you'll know the right frame phrase for this obviously I think you said you read the complaint was that what you read the complaint on the show you kind of went into the nuts and bolts of us. Yeah, there. I mean, like uh, the lawsuit and stuff is like just public record and stuff, so you can read, you can like Google that online and read that. Um, it just like makes it like all of this is nothing's proven yet. There's no one's been convicted of anything. There's not even any yeah, criminal, it's all alleged. No criminal charges yeah. against Erica at this point or Tom. Um, but I think it is a possibility for that to eventually happen. Uh, because, like, as of right now, this is all just a civil case. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I, can I ask a, a slightly dumb question? Yeah. A civil case is... So that it's, would say if I wanted to sue you, for example, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting you arrested? Is that what the kind of... Yeah, I mean, like, a civil case is simply, like, you're suing me for damages, essentially. Like, you want me mm-hmm. to pay up. Or, I mean, like, you could sue someone for a specific performance, but that is not so common. Like, that's, like, to make them do something. Like, if you were in... If you were in like a contract to like purchase my house and I like changed my mind, you could potentially sue me to like make me sell you my house. Um, ah, okay. But like a civil case just has nothing to do with jail, essentially. <laughs> so if if it stays as a civil case, the the fallout will be money and I've guessed public conversation reputation, but there wouldn't be jail time. But it could take on that element if they find out more is that yeah what i mean like like fraud and embezzlement and stuff like that are crimes so uh depending like which state or even like the federal government like depending who has jurisdiction over the case they can the state or the um the city or the the like the united states can bring charges against tom and and uh erica like criminally damn so Obviously, it's all alleged so far. As you say, it's a civil case. But (laughs) as a lawyer, is it looking good for Tom or Erica? Um, I like (laughs) I've I've dipped in enough, but like I I feel like I don't know enough to like confidently say one way or the other. But what I will say is I don't know how closely you've been following it, but there's like a lot about Tom like being mentally unwell right now yeah like, there's apparently conservatorship requests floating around now for one of his kids i'm like sorry as a britney stan that word just brings up a lot of funny. i know like, i know oh, <laughs> fucking hell that's not good um but i'm i feel like w- there's no way we're not gonna hear about this in the next season 
that's actually what I wanted to ask you. Just, I mean, obviously, as you say, you're not a lawyer involved with the case, but I'm just curious because, I mean, you maybe probably don't know this, but in Ireland, for example, we have very strict libel laws. So even a lot of people who would work in activism here have said, we don't really have a quote unquote Me Too movement in Ireland in the same way because it's very hard mm. to say something that publicly and not be hit with a really big defamation lawsuit. So we have crazy libel laws. Sure. It creates a bit of a wormhole, what can be discussed in public record, etc. With like filming a TV show and a civil case, like what are, are there lines that can or can't be crossed? Like would a network be in trouble if they had one of their talent go, I'm being sued and it's all a sham. Like, I'm so curious how that would even work. Does that mean she just can't discuss it at all? Um, I don't really know like the ins or outs of that, but like, I don't, th- I really don't think there's any problem with um, the other cast members talking about the fact that this is going on. I mean, her attorneys, yeah. I would imagine would be encouraging her not to speak about it. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like the more you speak about it, that's just like <laughs> you're incriminating yourself essentially. Like you could say something that gets you in trouble. You know, they're rolling the tapes and going season six, episode four. Yeah. What does she say here about her vast wealth? Like they already have yeah. like five years worth of material that they can just comb through. But with Erica, it's like, not only is that going on, but it's the divorce as well. So like she's get she's got two huge storylines happening at the same time, essentially. Yeah, it's isn't it's like it's like buses, you know, they no nothing comes for years and then two come at once. Like Erica doesn't have a storyline for years <laughs> yeah. and then she has two at once. I knew I knew there's a reason to still softly sort of stand. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna I am gonna be cancelled wow. before this show gets to its cancel <laughs> get to <laughs> we won't even get to six months of the podcast because I'll be cancelled <laughs> um, We, I actually really want to ask you and Brendan about this I think I'll have Brendan on another point and we'll chat about this as well but sure. there's something you, you do kind of I guess maybe around an election season or just when things are very like heating up politically in the states you do a thing called Red, White and Come Through where you go through kind of the political affiliations of the Real Housewives, and you basically look up what's on public record about who yeah. they've donated for and why. What's it like doing that? And is it ever surprising or does it confirm like, okay, well, we knew Blau was probably Republican. Like, has it ever surprised you who people kind of endorse or support? So a little peek behind the come through queen curtain is we wanted to do this again for this past election cycle here in the States, but we were finding there was not a lot of, like, I feel like a lot of the housewives wised up and like figured out, oh, people will know who I'm donating to. So they were just not donating. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. But Salt Lake City premiered like the day after the election here in the States. So we hadn't really taken a close look at those women at that point. But I stumbled upon the fact that Lisa Barlow, who is like somewhat of a fan favorite, has donated to Ted Cruz, which... I'm not sure if like that name has registered uh, on your radar over in Ireland, but he's like one of the hardcore Republicans that's been like questioning the election, despite the fact that like Trump said all kinds of crazy shit about Ted himself and his wife and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like that was very disappointing to see coming from Lisa Barlow. She, she donated to his presidential campaign in 2016. I mean, is it that thing too? It's funny when I see that, like I do kind of go, Oh gross. Like, you're putting a lot of money into a very questionable politician. And also, is it that thing of, not to excuse it more, to contextualize it, is it that thing of people like Lisa Barlow are rich and rich people 
tend to skew Republican because they have this thing in their head of, well, I'm not going to pay as much taxes if Ted Cruz or Donald Trump was president. Like, is it that or is it that? You know, Lisa's like, that Ted Cruz, I agree with everything he says. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's like, Lisa's such an interesting person because, like, she's Mormon, but, like, she doesn't follow all the... She calls herself, like, she makes her own rules for Mormonism. So, like, you would think being Mormon, she would be a little bit more on the conservative side to begin with, but she seems Mm -hmm. to pick and choose, like, what she wants to follow regarding that. Um, But, I mean, I I think what you mentioned is generally the case, like, rich people tend to be Republican in general just because they want to like not get taxed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it could be a combination of, of, of many things. I'm just imagining like, <laughs> I'm imagining Lisa in the vein that she is on the show, like seeing, I don't know, Ted Cruz on TV saying something like, I'm not, I'm going to reduce taxes on the rich. And she's like, I love that. I love that. <laughs> love that. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like that too. <laughs> you know, she always just kind of, she's like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> If she was like, I don't know, like in the audience of a presidential debate and they just cut to her going, I love that. Yeah. How how are you liking Salt Lake City this season? I feel like we have not talked about it that much. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, actually. I mean, I think like a lot of people, I think they came in really hot. They'd obviously filmed like a sizzle reel and some early footage and used that to give themselves a really good ramp for a premiere from our point of view. Of yeah. They dropped us into the action, which I really liked. I think around the halfway point, it dipped a bit for me ever since... The birthday party that Jen threw for her husband, I think it's been on an upswing again. Yeah. And I think for first season overall, they've, I mean, when you think of, I actually, I mean, you're going to be mad that I'm saying this. I still haven't watched season one of Potomac, but obviously I watched Potomac yeah. now and I got on board later on. But when I think of, say, the first season of Dallas, which I quite liked at the time, but was felt like it didn't know its vibe. I think Salt Lake City is much further along already. So I'm enjoying it a lot. There's some interesting characters. I think the second season will be, make or break in terms of they'll be filming post pre in the middle of COVID. Maybe someone new might come in. So no, I am enjoying it. And it does fit into the, it fits into Housewives well because it has some of the things we like. And also it has its own thing going on, which is what I love about Housewives when each city is very different. Yeah, I mean, I think Salt Lake City is benefiting from the fact that they knew they were filming a Housewives show when they were filming it. Whereas Potomac and Dallas did not know that. Yes, that's true. Because they were both kind of, ladies of shows right yeah. in the vein of ladies of london so they maybe didn't i think they probably that's a good point that at least at salt lake they're like well it's housewives so we need this we need that we yeah. need a trip etc yeah i mean my my major complaint for salt lake is we like it's a shorter season the first seasons usually are sh- shorter seasons and like we don't have too much time with all of them as a group and i feel like the best parts are when that is happening you know yeah yeah it's been odd how few group scenes i've had and it's becoming increasingly clear that Mary was clearly only a friend of because now they're doing all these it's Mary in her shoe <laughs> closet bedroom space on FaceTime again. I'm like, this woman is too weird to just have on FaceTime. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Although I did actually watch Mary on Watch What Happens Live with, who was she on with? Emily, Emily from yes. OC. That was, that was bizarre. That was, <laughs> that was so like. It was actually, there's, there's the after show is online and there's a part where, what is it they're talking about? They had said something like about being a high end hooker and she wasn't and Mary heard it wrong and kept going, I'm not a hooker. Who said I'm a hooker? And it was just like, 
This is truly... Actually, I watched Bronwyn and Paula Abdul a week or two later, and I was thinking, God, Paula Abdul and Mary have a very similar energy. Very similar energy, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so excited to see, like, Mary in a room for 10 hours for the reunion. Oh, my God. Yeah, just twitching and, like, looking confused yeah. and wondering where her, like, vast wardrobe of shoes are, like... And also, as mentioned on Come Through Green, Brandon thinks he lives quite near where her New York apartment is, so he might run into her. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, that, that's, like, pretty nice for her to, like, fly in for the reunion and be able to, like, stay in one of your homes rather than a hotel. <laughs> I know. How the other half live. It's crazy. And wow. um, it's funny, funny. We joked there about Brendan running into Mary on the streets of New York, but I am curious. I mean, usually if it's an Irish person or someone from the UK on the show... The likelihood that they've had a run-in is quite small. Sure. But I I know you've had a few. So is there anyone from Housewives that you met, you've had a run-in with in person, maybe on social media? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell you about the ones in person. I mean, obviously, you know the Kelly Dodd one because you were there with me, but like, we didn't speak to her, yeah. but we were like in her presence feeling that racist aura amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Years ago, I went to like a, like a friend through with some connection uh, had me and um, fiance to the Come Through Queen show. Alex, uh, we were able to go to the Teresa Giudice book party that was released oh, after yeah. she went to jail, and uh, that was filmed. And like you see me on screen for a split second, uh, but I didn't really like we waved and said hello to to Jacqueline like as she was walking by but like all the jersey women were busy filming essentially but Dorinda was there and this was like all, like i think she might have like just filmed her first season so she was very fresh and like ready to chat with people and she was so sweet but then uh like a year or two later we went to the New York uh premiere party Alex and I. Oh. And at this point, Dorinda was like a much bigger deal. So like we didn't have the same chance to like speak with her like we did at the the Jersey book party, um, which is understandable. But Alex and I instead that night, we talked to Luann and Tom for like a good 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yes. Like she she is a talker. <laughs> she was like stroking like Alex's arm and everything. Um, like talking about like what it was like being a nurse, like some side projects she wanted to work on. I mean, like she, and like, you can't look away from her. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I have a memory. I remember you talking about this on the podcast at the time, but there's something about a 15 minute, if I had a 15 minute interaction with anyone at a party that I hadn't come to the party with, I'd be like, wow, I was really talking to such and such for a while. But like, if it was a celebrity at a premiere, I'd be like, why am I talking to like, and did she keep the conversation going? Where like, so it sounds like you were talking kind of like, oh, we'll duck out now. And she just kept talking. Uh, I mean, like we weren't trying to end the conversation, but like we were fully engaged and she was engaged as well. I mean, like, I'm not the type of person, like I go to I went to those two things just because like I want to be a fly on the wall like I don't I'm not trying to be their friend I'm not trying to like (laughs) like be like I love you so much I just like want to see them in their natural habitat um but like she was just like pleasant to talk to (laughs) that's actually you know of all the run-ins I've heard about or had on this show or just heard of in general I think that's a great one because as you say it wasn't oh my god you changed my life yeah, or yeah. I saw them for five seconds it's like I ended up randomly having a 15 minute conversation I got a sense of who they were and it's yeah. the kind of thing where you wouldn't like 
like it's so rare to have it happen but that's so I can also totally picture it as well I can literally see Luan towering over Alex rubbing his arm like, yeah. I can just see it all so clearly yeah. like it actually fits with her character so well uh we spoke with like Sonia for two minutes but she was like she's like did you boys see that I was like on the top 10 housewives of all time list and we were like oh yeah yeah that's amazing you definitely are <laughs> she was just like rambling uh so she was fun. um Ramona was like yelling at the bartender she was like getting behind the bar and making drinks herself like she was a monster um and this was Tinsley's first season so people didn't really like that people know who Tinsley is but they didn't know her as like a housewife so she seemed a little lost in the fray a little bit and did you talk to Tinsley or did you just see her running uh, around? We didn't really talk to her because like at this point she hadn't, her episodes had not premiered. So like we didn't really have anything to say to her, you know? I see. Yeah. Okay. So you've had a few good run-ins. Is there anyone you would like to run in? Like it's, was there anyone else you'd like to have a 15 minute chat with and that's that? Um, I don't know. Like I, I like some, some podcasts like take different, um, formats like they try to do more interviews with the housewives like i feel like that can taint your perspective of as a viewer because then like you could become friends with them so then maybe you are less critical of their behavior and stuff so i kind of like being watching from afar you know what i mean yeah it's a funny one in a way i would love to have like a few run-ins just for the store even like i, w- I wasn't a kelly dodd fan when we were at that taping yeah. and I'm not now, but even then it was still interesting to watch someone from the shows be as like, we particularly sat beside Andy Cohen and like interacting. So yeah, yeah I know what you mean. I, there's a few where I'm like, I'd love to just sort of say hi and watch you kiki with the bartender or something just to see what you're really like. But yeah, yeah, I the interview thing, even I'm thinking like, I would love to interview Housewives on the show, but as you say, it does like, it could, it could be awkward. They're like, I know you talk shit about me on episode <laughs> six. And I'm like, oh. Who have I never talked shit about? I guess it would just be Tanya and Sam from Atlanta. <laughs> Tanya and Barbara Kay yeah. and Realtor Ann as well. That's it. Maybe That's Gina. All. That's all we got. Maybe Gina. Um, no, but actually, like, some of the former housewives would be interesting. Like, I, I'm obsessed with Alex McCord. Like, I could I could talk to her for an hour, I'm sure. Yeah, from Australia via Skype, yeah, I'm sure yeah, she would. Sure. <laughs> Maybe she has an Australian accent. The fact that they have not gone down there on an Australian trip like annoys me so much, but I I definitely think she's at the point that she would never agree to do it. So that's probably why it has not happened. Yeah. And also Australia is one of those, well, not now so much because they have very little COVID there. So it's probably a dream to film in, but it is a bit of a trek to get to Australia. And I think just the outlay and the cost of getting your, your crew and your cast to Australia, you'd want to be guaranteed that like Alex would film maybe a couple of episodes or, They'd stay somewhere near her. But that would be a really... Yeah, if Alex, like, reconnected with, say, Luan or Ramona, and then they... That would be an iconic... Certainly more organic than Megan King Edmonds bringing everyone to Ireland. Oh, my God. Many years Connor, ago. when are you going to have an O'Toole on ham? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a call out on social media for Megan's relatives, and I'm going to do... I'm going to do a spin-off kind of true crime investigative journalism strand where I go into the O'Toole clan story. Please, we need it. <laughs> I'm going to pitch that as like a spinoff. Like, I'll, I'll pretend it's true crime, but it's just talking to the O'Tools. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I love on Come Through Queen is every week you have 
the freak of the week and the one true queen. Yeah. So obviously that's weekly dependent and some weeks it's someone we love, someone, some weeks it's someone who's tr- truly freakish yeah. to use your terms. Are there any, <laughs> when it comes to freak of the week, are there any housewives that kind of feel like the freaks of all time for you? Mm. Well, you know what's funny? Like someone who comes up a lot on both sides is Bethany. Because because like she does so many great things in terms of her like uh, like public health, like responding to crises, et cetera. But at the same time, she says so many stupid things as well. <laughs> so like she's the ultimate freak of the week and the ultimate one true queen. She really is. And actually, it's funny because I know you won't, you won't have heard it, but it will have happened recently on the show. I asked Emma Watts Katz about Bethany specifically because I feel like she is in that space where sometimes I'm like eye rolling myself to death being like, Bethany, shut the fuck up. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, good for you. You're doing more than literal leaders are doing right now. Would you want her back on New York? Well, we know we're not going to have her again for another season. I could see her coming back at some point. Um, I don't know if it would be next season, but it seems like her... The shows she was going to do with Mark Burnett, like none of them are off the ground right now. And I think something might have happened. Uh, So it could be a situation similar to when her talk show was taken off the air that like she comes back because what she had planned on doing isn't working out. Yeah, it's funny because maybe for people who don't know, like Bethany was meant to be on the most recent season in New York and effectively, if not the day before, certainly within a week to go filming pulled out and then announced this huge deal with Mark Burnett, who's a, Burnett, excuse me, who's a big uh, reality TV producer in the US yep. who's done loads of big shows. And she was kind of saying that she was like, I've left behind this genre of TV and I'm going to empower women with all these shows I'm doing. And as you say, now it could be slightly because of COVID, things have been delayed, but none of them have been, have really seemed to come to fruition or even be filmed in any real meaningful way bar the odd thing here or there so yeah my only thing is I think she would go back in the sense that I think she would consider it and she will always have some kind of storyline or interaction with the women on the show my only question is would Bravo not be a bit like um no you literally left us at the last second before how could we ever trust you like I know she's been on Watch What Happens and stuff but they would be happy to have her back I could see a world where she comes back with Dorinda because like she and Dorinda are currently like publicly friends like they like Dorinda's done Bethany's podcast like they are in each other's lives so I feel like Bethany would want to come back with an ally that's true um, how I mean I've yet to do awful from one podcast or another I've never actually delved into Bethany's podcast how is it um <laughs> I haven't listened to many episodes but I kind of feel like it's as you would expect like a lot of opinions I find that like her interviews are actually a little interesting, but when she's just talking about like her thoughts on the world, it's where things go a little awry. Yeah. It's like she low key wants to be this kind of Joe Rogan style edgy commentator and say that, say the things that no one once said. And it's like, a people are doing that already and they're already, they're annoying as it is. And B, I just don't think her point of view on most things is that fleshed out because I'm like, all you do is work and make money. You're not really engaged with the world in yeah. any real way outside of that. So sometimes I'm like, Bethany, you don't have a point of view. You've got a lot of money. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like keep saving us. That's all we need you to do, Bethany. Yeah. <laughs> just like start, keep the humanitarian aid coming through. That's really what we need mm-hmm. you for. Um, 
something that I ask everyone on the show is, <laughs> it's sort of the ultimate housewives question really, but I'm curious if you have, have a thought for it today. If you were on the show tomorrow, what would your tagline be? I feel like since, since I have been like so COVID obsessed with the shows, it'd be something like, you better get a temperature check before I check you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, it's a little aggressive, but I feel like that, that might fit me. <laughs> Not a temperature check. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting some play on the fact that you're Italian American, but no, you went there. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, you got, you, got to have like uh, the, you have to have the taglines like, um, cause like these days it's always has something to do with like what's going on in the season. Yeah. It's gotta be like topical, you know? That's true. God, you were made for reality TV, Dan. They're going to come calling after this. (laughs) Um, Another thing I love to ask guests on the show, and I'm very curious because you stand such unusual people, so I think you're going to have great ideas for this, but you can have a dinner party tomorrow, and I know you like to cook, so I'm sure you'll Mm -hmm. have fun with this. You're having a dinner party tomorrow. You can invite five housewives, friends of, or even their husbands, partners, whatever. What five people are you inviting and why? Okay. I feel like the first person that really jumps out to me is Marlo from Atlanta. Like she lights up every scene she's in. Um, so I definitely want to spend time with her. Um, then Dorinda. I mean, like I've already spent time with her in real life. Like as I mentioned, uh, <laughs> she just like, seems like a, like a fun, normal person when she's not like raging on Tinsley. Um, who else am I dining with? Dorit. Oh, really? Why? Like, you know, I've become such a Dorit stand for the past like few years. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're obsessed with her. Like, I just feel like she would come walking in with some crazy look, um, hear that accent in person. I don't know. I feel like she, she's fun. Like of all the, the Beverly Hills women, she seems like the most fun to me. Also, I feel like you'd say something like, I've, um, I've spent the evening preparing this beautiful pasta dish you know as an Italian American that means so much to me and then Dorit would be like oh Italian she got straight into like speaking Italian you'd be like okay chill out (laughs) so iconic okay um I have three women so far who else do I want um I think I want Robin Dixon okay like so I'm I'm creating like an event for me this is not like an event for television these are like people I just you know what I mean? Uh, like, I am a big Robin Dixon stan. I did win. Like, I, I played some trivia game with, like, the Bravo Twitter account. And, like, the prize for participating was, uh, like, a Real Housewives of Potomac tagline mug that they shipped to me. And I picked <gasps> Robin Dixon one. So I, I drink out of that every morning, obsessed with Robin Dixon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Then last, who who do I want? Uh, I don't want anyone from Dallas. Like I love Tiffany Moon, but like I need more time with her before I'm inviting her over for dinner. Um, I feel like I already got Beverly Hills. I got New York. I guess I need someone from Jersey. Um. <laughs> You sound like you're not crazy about that idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe like Zia Melissa could come over and serenade us. So Melissa Gorga could come over and sing on display or one of her hit singles. Yeah. I mean, we need to get her back in the studio, especially after that 
song she did with Portia and Sonia for that commercial. The the commercial for the high fiber protein bars yes, that they did. Yes. And ta- yeah, and Tamara was in the video as well. Oh my God. Like, get this woman back in the studio. <laughs> what was that song called? It was something like, I had work done, wasn't it? Because the bar had been... Like work- the. <laughs> yeah the bar had been the like the protein bar had been reimagined and so the bar had had work done and yeah. then they sang the song about having had work done i was just like this is so that was so bizarre i hope they all got paid very well to so. do that ad yes those are my five gals <laughs> oh my god with melissa gorga provide i'm surprised you didn't invite the countess considering she's effectively your best friend well you know i mean we've already spent so much time together <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't need to spend another 15 minutes watching her stroke my fiance's arm. She's been been down in Miami, bopping around, flying, dancing, singing. So like she could, (laughs) she needs a quarantine before she comes to my party. So how many, because I'm not, I'm not great at following like individual housewives when the show's not airing. Are there any that are being very like, like throwing COVID caution to the wind at the moment. Is Luann one of them? Um, I mean, Luann is one of them, especially like since New York filming was shut down uh, because of COVID. It's interesting that she would then go and travel because theoretically when she returns, she would need to quarantine as well. So it's like, when do we Mm -hmm. pick up filming if all this is happening? Um, I mean, someone that we've talked a lot about on Come Through Queen (laughs) is Bronwyn and the Bronwyn World Tour. Because there was a period of time where she was like, she was with Heather Gay. She was with Carrie Brittingham. She was with Barbara Kay, like in each of their respective cities. She was with Margaret Josephs. It was like truly the Bronwyn World Tour. Which is funny because she's like, she's, coming, she's like presenting herself on OC as like the reasonable one. But like, it's the Bronwyn World Tour. <laughs> yeah. And actually it was funny because I remember you talking about that on the show and kind of laughing at that phrase, but it was... It was it was a world tour and it felt like a world tour of her befriending housewives in other locations yeah. to create a bit of an alliance for her to make it look like she was in the mix and getting a social media bump from all of them. And it just felt a bit like, why? It's so sweaty. Why are you yeah. doing this? Monique from Potomac, Ashley Darby from Potomac. She was with ev- like <laughs> everyone you could think of. <laughs> Maybe she's maybe she's gunning for some kind of Housewives All Star spinoff, and she's trying to get her cast together now. Yeah, I think she's like just really trying to ingratiate herself in like the Bravo cinematic universe. Yeah, and I just it's funny. I feel like almost every other week it seems to change how people feel about Bronwyn, but I feel like at the moment people are like, oh no, no, it's a no from us. So yeah, I I don't know how well the world tour helped her uh, status. Um, obviously you guys on Come Through Queen talk about. Real Housewives, you dip into Drag Race. Like you're talking about Drag Race a good bit now because it's back on air. What are other kind of Bravo shows people should maybe check out or reality shows that maybe we're not aware of that we could be getting into? Sure. Uh, You mentioned it earlier, Summer House. I think that is like top tier with like Potomac and Jersey, I think are like two of the most exciting franchises. And then like Summer House is up there with with them. Okay, that's making me feel bad for never having watched Summer House. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Summer House, like the seasons, uh, they started off pretty short. And like, theoretically, you could jump in with season three and be fine. We're, we're about to premiere season five and just maybe by the time like this is uh, airing, it might have premiered. Um, but 
the first two seasons are not as great, but if you are like obsessive, like I am and, and a scholar, it's not, it's only like 10 to 13 episodes each. Um, but unlike some of the other housewives, unlike some of the housewives franchises, which like has either like a downward trajectory or like up and down, I feel like somewhere else has purely like gone up and up each season. So I would recommend that. That's interesting. And I'm getting asked a lot just in my DMs now because of this podcast, like what housewife show should I watch next? And da, 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 da. So what's kind of happening here is a lot of people are watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and maybe New York, and then they don't know where to go next. So if someone said that to you, I've watched all of Beverly Hills. I've tried New York. What shows would you send them to and why? Um, well, I, I've on your podcast, it sounds like a lot of the guests who are not like you and I who have watched almost everything have <laughs> yeah. into Salt Lake City, which is kind of a good suggestion because like you don't have to do the work of catching up on years and years of programming. So you could like jump in pretty easily there. Um, I feel like, like I just love New York and I feel like you only have one rough season to get through. That's only maybe eight episodes and it's been consistently great for the next 12 seasons. (laughs) So I think New York is a good one. That yet yeah, no, I I've even said that to people about New York. Like I think the Netflix effect here has been people start up Beverly Hills because it looks the most glossy and it's when the format was like super slick. And they're like, oh, I can't handle New York. I'm like, stick with it, stick with it. Yeah. Same with Atlanta. I'm like, hold on tight because when it gets good, it gets really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Atlanta was so good for so long. I mean, I really think like the the peak years was like. Phaedra, Portia, Kenya, Cynthia, Candy, Nini. Before we go, where can people check out Come Through Queen? And can you tell us about the Patreon as well? Sure. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we made it like a one-stop shop. If you go to comethroughqueen.com, you can find links for everything, like the Twitter accounts, the Instagram, our Patreon. So, I mean, every, we release a new episode every week, but then on Patreon, we have a bonus episode every week where we talk about like the things that don't quite fit (laughs) on a main episode. I mean, you know, we love the tangents, but like we truly go into tangents on the the pre-show and like what we're, what we're watching outside of the Bravo cinematic universe. Um, But then we also do bonus episodes where we like dive deep into specific topics or do like, uh, we did recaps of every episode of DC. If you're interested in che- uh, catching up on that, we even did like a very strange episode where we, <laughs> Brendan and I, listened to Chromatica and talked about it as we listened to it. So you could like press play on Chromatica and listen to our unwell takes. So we do a lot of like experimental fun things on Patreon. And how do you come up with? Because the deep dives are very enjoyable. Like you did one recently where it was like you talked about Sex and the City and a social media post that had cast people from Housewives and Sex and the City as the main characters. And then you went into the acting careers of all the different real housewives. And some of them, like, as you were mentioning on the episode, have like hundreds of roles under their belt. So how do you come up with those ideas? Is it a case of, I really want to talk about this or Brendan says, God, we should cover this. Like, how do you, like, I'm just curious about the thought process. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, as I mentioned, we've been doing the show for almost five years now. And there's always something to talk about or like a new angle that we have never thought of. Um, Like obviously like when we first started out, one thing that we covered like well before we even launched the Patreon was like the music 
careers and like the songs that the housewives have released. Like there's just, there's just so many different things about these women to talk about, even outside of like recapping a show. So there could be like a real life event, kind of like sex in the city. And and I feel like so many people talk about the fact that the New York housewives has a similar vibe to sex in the city. So then that got us thinking about like, okay, how do we cast the women in sex in the city? Oh wait, some of these women have acted or continue to act. So why don't we talk about that? So it's all just kind of like what's going on in the world. What, what makes sense to chat about? Yeah. If you're interested in like, just like those random tangents of what about this in Housewives world? It's so interesting. And like, yeah, sex in the city in New York, like, they're just not aside in fact that it's set in New York like Candace Bushnell who wrote the books is friends with Luann isn't she friends with Dorinda as well I think like I'm amazed actually that Candace Bushnell hasn't been on the show more I know she's popped up here and there but I'm almost like she could be friend of at this point I mean we got the iconic not well bitch Dorinda was talking to Candace Bushnell in that moment <laughs> isn't that so funny like how small the pop culture worlds are that like and then that Sarah Jessica Parker is friends with Andy Cohn, like really good friends with Andy Cohn. So she's, even if she's not watching Housewives, she's probably hearing about it from him. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't text back. I've been in a, a studio for 12 hours doing a reunion. Like, it's just, the world is so small. Andy was in two episodes of Sex and the City as well. Yes, he was. Yeah. One was he selling shoes in one of them, isn't yeah, he? One, he's selling shoes and one, he's like a patron at a gay bar. Really going outside of his range as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder would like would any of the Real Housewives in New York have a cameo on this Sex and City reboot? Like you could almost see Luan playing a cabaret singer in the background of a scene or oh something. Oh my god, I, I would I would die. And like as we mentioned in that Patreon episode, like Luann guest starred on Difficult People and like did a decent job. At, I mean, she was playing herself, but like still. Yeah, Luann will, as you guys would say in your podcast, Luann will egot one day. One day, one day for sure. Probably the Tony first. Yeah, Tony first. We'll start with the Tony, then get an Emmy for the Sex and City role. Yeah. The Grammy, we yeah, she does music, and then the Oscar. That's gonna be that's gonna be like her life story or something. So people can go to comethroughqueen.com to get more info on the podcast, the Patreon merch, all that kind of thing. Where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along? I would say I'm probably the most active on Twitter, uh, which at idk idk. So you could follow me there. Where what what made you choose that name? Well, it's literally I don't know, I don't know. So, like, what's my handle? I don't know, I don't know. There we go. <laughs> I'm just like the, that. It wasn't like Dan C. 2020 or like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the best was when you submitted a question to Watch What Happens Live, and Andy Cohen wrote the name went Ika Ika asks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of those names you either know what it stands for or you don't. And if you know, you've spent too much time online. And if you don't, it's lost in you anyway. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God. Well, people can go to your very specific Twitter handle if they want more. They can go to comethroughqueen.com for all the good tea on the podcast. Uh, Dan, obviously, I consider you and Brennan friends. I've been a guest on Come Through Queen in the past and it was always a blast. So it is an honor to have my own kind of Come Through Queen, Housewives and Me crossover happen today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. I love going ham. <laughs> thank you <laughs> that was Dan from Come Through Queen here on Housewives and Me um, weirdly those titles kind of match and if you now want to start calling the podcast ham feel free <laughs> 
I'm like, ah, really? Anyway, listen, you know what? It made me laugh, so maybe it made you laugh as well. Uh, as mentioned, you can check out the show wherever you get podcasts. Come Through Green is available. They have merch and a Patreon, and they have a Facebook group as well, which is worth joining if you're a Facebook person. And I'll link to their social media in the show notes as well. Hoping to have Brendan from the show on soon as well. I'm, I'm digging having the American guests because it is a people who've been watching Bravo for years have a different perspective to some of us who are newer to it via Netflix and Hey You, etc. So hopefully we'll get more American heads in the mix soon as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, if you're enjoying the show in general, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and a review. If you dig the show, I'd really appreciate you doing that because it is so helpful for the algorithms and charts and all that stuff, particularly when we're it's just me uh, are doing these kind of shows ourselves so I'd really appreciate that and word of mouth is amazing so thank you for all the reviews and support so far until next time stay safe keep watching housewives and I'll talk to you soon